0: You're now listening to your Real Money Stories podcast.
1: And then at the end of the trade, I lost literally 9,500 in like 30 minutes. (gasps) Wow. I messaged him was like, oh my gosh, what's happened? And he never replied.
2: Hi guys, I'm Ashley. I'm Eve. And I'm Nick. And we're the Money Medics. And we're your hosts of Your Real Money Stories.
3: An original podcast series brought to you in association with Zopa.
0: The podcast where we'll be giving you the unfiltered truth about money through anonymous confessions and unfiltered opinions.
2: As well as providing useful information and resources for each topic we discuss.
3: And we have to say, this isn't financial advice. These are just our views.
2: So, hey guys. Um, Welcome back to another episode. So today we're going to be talking all about investing but with a bit of a twist. Now we all know how on social media people only really post their successes when it comes to investing money into the stock market but you know nobody ever really shares what happens when it all goes wrong. So today we're going to be talking about the dark side of investing in the stock market. We'll be taking a deep dive into investment scams, gambling on the stock market, and all the risks that come with trading and investing in the stock market. As always, this episode will be split into three parts. We'll be hearing a personal story from our anonymous guest, sharing some of our own personal experiences, and of course, giving you lots of juicy tips and tricks to help you at the other end. So, I just want to welcome onto the podcast our guest, Bob. Obviously, as you know, that is not his real name. All our guests are anonymous and he's going to be sharing his story on how he lost thousands, not only from an investment scam online, but also through trading and investing directly into the stock market. Now, before we start, I just kind of want to give you some background, a bit of context, because I know the term trading can be a little bit confusing, so I just kind kind of want to explain it. So trading is a form of investing and it's where you buy stocks, hold it for a few minutes, maybe a few days and then sell them. Now, some people actually say that um, trading is a form of gambling because ideally, um, if you make a reliable investment, you should be able to hold it for um, years and years and years as opposed to like minutes and days. I hope that makes sense. Also, I want to make a very strong disclaimer Everything that we say today, this is not financial advice. Do your research on anything, anything that you hear. Whether you've heard it fifty times, hundred times, you still need to do your research. So, Bob, tell us about a time you've been burned from like a dodgy investment.
1: Hi. Um. So, um, I first got into um trading via um by social media. Actually, there was a lot of posts and news articles about people getting rich off FX trading. And they were invite people to join the trading team and get signals to learn how to um trade effects. So that's the first time I got involved in trading. So I contacted one of the guys of social media and um told me to sign up to this broker deposit hundred pound using this referral link and blah 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 and I did so but when it was time to receiving signals um apparently my account was linked to his so he told me to withdraw the money and um put it put the money back in again so it's kind of linked so he gets that a referral
0: tell us a bit more about this so when you're saying signals and and all of this what what is this what are these signals that you're referring to
1: the signals is them telling you when to buy or sell a currency or or, or pair of currency so it could be USD against um pounds or USD against Singapore dollars so th- that's what signals is they will tell you buy at this at this rate and sell at this rate. So those is the signals. Um so yeah so um he told me to put the money again um but I think what happened was a broker from the actual platform contacted me and told me um was like was talking about my experience what I do told I'm a student and was like okay cool um He'd done, like, two trades or three trades with me, just, like, uh, just to show that he knows what he's doing. And he made me around, like, £100 more in that day, just, like, kind of, like, to gain my trust in terms of he knows what he's doing. Um, So I asked him, okay, if you work for the company, why would you kind of want me to make money, in essence? And he goes, oh, he makes commission off um frequency of trading, not by me winning or losing, so, obviously, he just wants me to trade more. And for me to trade more, I need to make money. So, that's kind of how he gained my trust. And um, he started by telling me to top up my account. I think he said £1,000. I was quite a shy kid back in the day. So, like, I was, in, I was not intimidated, but I didn't, like, say no to people. Um, So, especially when he just showed me, he just doubled my account value in, like, five minutes. So, I said yes. But when we were going through my bank details, I literally cut off the phone and um, moved the money across because I was scared to say no. I made the account that was linked to the thin zero. But then I think on my way to lectures, I got a notification that someone has tried to take money out of my account. It was literally the, the brokers.
2: Wait, they tried to take money out of your bank account?
1: Yeah, without my permission, yeah. So I called my bank and told them, don't. How
2: did they get access? What? Because
1: when you sign up, you put your bank details to deposit the £100. Yeah, so I contacted my bank and told them not to not to let it go through. And I think a week after the guy called me, I was like, "Bob, you caught the phone and he stuck it on me." I was like, "Yes, I did. I'm sorry." Blah blah blah. Then he goes, "Okay, let, let's do this again." Um, we done a couple of trades again. It made a bit of money, and then that like hundred pound again this time. And um, he said um, there's a big event coming up like next week, a huge like um, moving the market, which you can make a lot of money. Uh, minimum buying is like I think he said two thousand pound or something. And I said, okay, two thousand pound. I can always just, just say if if we're doing like fifty pound trades and everything, I can. If I lose two hundred pound, I can just take out my money. In essence, it's not a big deal. So cool. But then I found out later. I think when I checked my bank statements, he actually took out I think three thousand or four thousand pound. And this was as, as a student as well. Like that's what the finance just dropped. So um, what he done? He then bought like a. They do something and put like a bonus on it. I think it's called a bonus in which they like if you put four thousand pound, they can double it. So then it was then £8,000 Um, trading allowance I was allowed, was allowed on, my, on my account. The trick with the bonus is that until you make a certain amount, you can't withdraw your money. I think you may, until you make, I think times two of the bonus, you can't withdraw your money. So I'm kind of stuck now because even if I lose that like £100, I can't just take out my money until I reach a certain amount, if that makes sense. He then passed me over to his friend, who was an ad, someone that worked in the, in the company as an analyst, who then um worked um, on Skype was telling me okay buy this sell this blah 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 so my balance was like eight thousand pound and this person was telling me to trade more than 10 percent of my account balance at once which is crazy you, for risk management you don't you don't trade with 10 on a trade Was so i okay, put two thousand pound in this did this this blah 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 but i was only putting like 200 pound this that because i was quite risk adverse but i think the guy the guy then got angry like, i can see your, your account you're not you're not doing what i'm telling you i'm gonna just stop talking to you because i don't have time for small trades and blah 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 I said, okay, cool, what do you want me to do? He told me. So now my account balance was around, I think, around 10,000. Because obviously, I, I, I got someone from some of the trades. He goes, put 4,000 on this on this currency. Put 4,000. This, this is in dollars, by the way. Put 4,500 on this currency. And literally, I did it. And I remember my heart was beating that day. Um, I told my mate was there with me as well. And I was actually winning the trade. Then instead of going down... And what you could do, you can close the trade before it expires, but you get less money back. I could have closed it and just gotten a bit more money, but the guy told me not to close it. And then at the end of the trade, I lost literally 9,500 in like 30 minutes. Wow. I messaged him, I was like, oh my gosh, what's happened? And he never replied. Then the original person... Um, the account manager or whatever are you okay blah 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 i said i just lost 9,500 of course i'm not okay he goes what what just happened blah 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 like, oh my gosh the market is tanking um it will call me back he just needs to talk to his he needs to sort out his um high profile clients first kind of like kind of like i'm not important kind of stuff um and um yeah i never heard back from him i remember i call from the platform the compliance team someone was like we're just calling the high-risk traders to see what's going on I was like, I told him what happened I was like, oh my gosh, we're gonna get back to you, blah, blah, blah. They never got back to me. But I think it was all the same person using different accents, to be honest, because the way it worked, how did the guy call me straight after losing the money? How like, and he didn't talk to the analyst and the compliance team. And I tried to like report them to the um the financial FCA and everything. Um, but again, they they're based in Cyprus, so most FX companies based in cyprus so they're protected against legal consequences because it's a scam basically most of them are not FCA regulated as well so like you can't even do anything um and they've been banned from us and they've been banned from the uk now so um yeah but again this was this was when it was new kind of it was a new thing so there wasn't a lot of information now you can just google it and it's all there telling you it's a scam but not all of it is scam but there's some actual good fx traders out there um but that was uh Dirty scam that like took away like I think probably three thousand pounds of my student finance.
0: This is just me speculating here. Do you think this was all like a plan? As in they told they tell you to put the money in, knowing that in a few days' time they're gonna make you put more money in knowing that in a few days' times they're gonna pretend that the market tanked and that all your money is stuck and you've lost everything. Do you feel like it's all a plan that they do with every single person? Yeah, I think looking back
1: now it just it looks it looks like a script, doesn't it? In terms of like Yeah. I feel like I was played. <laughs> I was played. Um in terms of how um literally was when i listened to him and actually put a lot of money in and the market tanked and fx because it's it's like every 30 minutes you can you can't actually track it in terms of i can't actually like for example it was like an uber stock and go to uber on the stock market and actually look and see if it actually tanked but with this it's two currencies so there's there's no way you can actually check if it's actually true and um there's actually articles about how that platform has been banned it's been shut down now and how apparently that platform wasn't actually trading in terms of it was just a, a fake screen it was like an, a system yeah yeah it's a system so you're actually not losing your money it's just it's like a it's fake kind of stuff so you're never trading they were actually controlling the system to make it like you're making money and make it like you're losing money kind of stuff and yeah that actually took your money away And so
3: like i like i want to ask like like what made you like get into the investment in the first place like and like, did you do any research or did you speak to anyone about it? Like, what made you think, thought it was a good idea?
1: Social media. So the guys were all over um, the news. And I don't want to say what programme because you know who I'm talking about. They were on, like big channels and they were splashing out money, driving nice cars. And I was there like a you unit know, doing accounting and finance thinking, oh, I can do this. Like, this is my degree. Um, so I actually opened like a platform to learn how to do it. Like with demo accounting, like um, not real money. And I was doing okay. um, but i still wanted to learn i wanted to learn so that's why i went to do i did some research um but again it was new at that time so there wasn't a lot of information out there now you can just type on in the internet and the first thing that comes up is scam so <laughs> you can do research now but when i when i first started um it was it was literally it was big on the internet um there was social media promoting them and showing them as successful rich people so that was like if you're on on big channel, do you get what I mean? You actually, they must have done their research, their due diligence, checked your trades, and yeah, but I guess not.
0: So it's like you trusted them because of the tv program that portrays their lifestyle so you thought that oh this tv program correct
1: the successful traders yeah
0: yeah exactly but did you tell like your friends and family did were they aware of what was going on
1: so my housemate laughed at me all of them that's the type of person it Aww. is um but it helped out and um my other housemate was quite supportive um i didn't tell my my mom until i think like three years after when i was or two years after when i was back financially stable and after uni and we just laughed about it um but I only told like a couple of my close friends and the ones that could actually like support me and I know like I trust my inner circle.
0: Wow and and after everything had happened what gave you the confidence to start investing again because I know you've you've been investing recently so what what gave you that confidence to restart
1: again? I've never touched FX after that never touched FX traded um so I I, I um, actually was speaking to my uncle who's uh is like he worked for a big bank and is like a finance guy. And then I went into cryptos. So um Bitcoin was one of the, it wasn't that popular back then. I think it was like um I'll say around three years ago, four years ago, going to Bitcoin. Um so I still have that. Then there's another coin which was like it was going for an ICO, which is an initial coin offering, so it wasn't on the market yet. So I got a huge discount as well um which went up blah 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 but the thing with coins if they don't actually ICO you can't actually sell it so like that was uh, another loss I took but bitcoin did amazing it's still doing amazing because I still hold it um kind of kind of like improved my confidence in investing then I went to by my mentor I went to like a it was organized by my church as well went to like an investing seminar this is when I got into stocks now because it was talking about stocks Giving me the numbers and it just sounded amazing because I always thought to trade on the stock market, you need to have like a broker. You need to have a lot of money and it kind of explained to me how it works. It was like three years ago. Um, but obviously, um, he told me the strategy, um, he used was dividend investing. Imagine you invest in companies for dividends and then you reinvest the dividends. And buy more stocks, which pays you more dividends, and that's how you create your portfolio. So um that 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 was one strategy I started using. It was risk-free in terms of obviously I have control over my portfolio, no one's telling me what to do. Um, I do due diligence, I research the stocks and it's long term as well, and it's growth and I'm having income. So um that kind of improved my confidence in investing.
2: Basically, what dividend investing is is um when you buy um a share in the company, you get paid a portion of their profits. So every, either every quarter, it could be once a year, it could be twice a year. When the company makes a profit, what they do is that they share the profits amongst all the shareholders. And that is what a dividend is. Not all companies pay dividends, um, just some. So for example, let's say you have one share of Coca-Cola. The company may pay you maybe like, twenty p four times a year, and obviously the more shares you have the more money that you get paid by the company so basically you're being paid to own the shares
1: so that was that strategy I adopted and it just worked you can see everything there it was it was it was good um and I still have that portfolio actually then I got into value investing which is when you buy companies that you think are undervalued or have huge potential to grow, which is where you actually see the big returns because even in investing is more long terms like a Retirement plan in terms of you're growing your portfolio to just have monthly or quarterly or yearly income to like survive in retirement, um. But value investing is is more like you're buying a stock you can hold it for as long as you want, or if you think something's gonna happen that's gonna shock the share price, you can hold it and then you just sell it. So I was using a platform which actually t- charged transaction costs, which kind of takes away um from your profit so when you buy you pay commission and when you sell you pay commission this investing strategy was when i found one of my favorite stocks um one of my biggest investment regret ever which was Match group yeah they on tinder plenty of fish they they just buy up every dating platform and they just growing so um i literally got it at like 30 something dollars per share and um, i was my plan was to hold it until like i don't know couple of years like, let's say like 20 years time so um, I bought it and it was going it was doing good I think it doubled in like the first year and then what happened was um, I think Facebook was going through some legal troubles in terms of the um data analytics I
0: think. yeah Cambridge Analytica so
1: they said they were going to go into dating so, yeah, um, when they said that obviously Match Group's share price drops because anything Facebook goes into they win they're the biggest social media platform so Match Group um, their share price dropped and I was speaking to one of my mates the one that laughed at me because he had it as well and he told me he's, gonna, he's going to sell it to lock in his profits and then buy it again when he drops to like 30 something. So I thought that that seems quite reasonable. So I sold it at fifty dollars per share. I made around like, maybe like $15 per share profit. And I thought, okay, cool. I'm going to wait for it to go back down. And it never did. And guess what the share price was as of yesterday?
2: $152.
1: Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because when I saw it at 70 I was like, okay, maybe I should buy it. The same friend was like, no, so you. we had that $30. Why would you buy at $70? And it just keeps going up. And I'm just like, when am I ever going to enter again? But I, this is one of my biggest regrets because I, I know that that stock is going to... This is not investment advice, by the way. I know that stock is going to do great. It's just, it's just. I had, I had a thirty, and it's, it's just the pain, and maybe the pride as well. So that's one of my biggest investment regrets, basically.
0: I can tell now from from the stories of your investing more recently that you've um, grown confident. You know what you're doing. You, you're, you're secure in your investments. So at the time, just to go back to what happened um, several years ago, when when all of that was going on during the process. Did you still feel confident? Like, I mean, I know at the end that's when you clocked that. Oh, like, okay, this is actually a bit dodgy. But during the process, did you feel like, oh, everything's okay? I'm confident. This is this is all what's going on. Like, what's going on is normal. Like, h- how did you feel during the process?
1: Right then, because th- he was so confident in himself, he showed me results. You know, what I mean, right there, he showed me results. He doubled my money in five minutes. Um, so I kind of like trust them. But now you just understand that you can't trust people. You have to proper due diligence um, research. Um, and don't ever let them control you in terms of, I didn't want to trade half my portfolio on one trade, but because he said it was going to stop talking to me, such like a bad dating advice, actually. Um, because he said it was going to stop helping me, um, I, I done it because I was scared of like, I can't take out my money. I should have like literally not listened to him, stuck to my strategy of obviously not trading more than 10% of my portfolio on a, on a, on an FX deal. And yeah. I think I was manipulated basically, yeah
0: Yeah, yeah, it really does feel like it So what do you do right now? What do you do as as your day job? Because I know you mentioned that you've got an accounts and finance degree
1: yeah, um, so I'm, I'm a chartered accountant and I work in an asset management company. Ooh.
0: And this is a personal question, but of course this is anonymous. So do you make more money investing or do you make more money in your day job at the moment?
1: Oh yeah, day job. I I think everyone makes money in the day job. My day job is literally what's funding my investment. Reinvesting is more, like my strategy now is more long term. Just because you need a lot of time, a lot of research. To actually find good stocks and then sell it, and then you never know what the market will do. The, the market tanked to what three weeks ago, <laughs> and like I mean, no one's expecting that, um, and and doesn't doesn't really any reason for it. So I say my day job, um, it's just investing is more for long term. So instead of putting money in my bank account, I'm putting it in funds and ETFs, which is my main strategy now: funds and ETFs. Which probably returned ten percent each year. And I'm and I'm fine with that to be honest. Um it's it's all a long term goal for me now, rather than making quick money. I still dabble in like quick like value investing. So like you know when the Reddit era was going with stocks there, I did dabble in it and I literally all the stocks I bought made made money, literally one of them ever returned, I think, four hundred and fifty percent in a week. Um so I still do that, but again, it's not about a risk management. So again I will never put more than hundred pounds on a stock that I don't believe in, and I would sell it once I've got so once I make my cost back. So let's say it's up by one hundred and fifty percent or hundred percent. I'm taking out my cost, so all these days literally free money. So even if it drops to zero, I've taken my cost out. I'm fine if it goes up again. And other thing I was doing as well was CFD trading, um, which was contracts. It's, it's called contract difference so instead of you actually buying the stock you, you're trading on the movement in price yeah and so let's say um you do a buy trade for the stock at 30 but then it goes up to 50 you get 20 pounds so you You don't actually have to put in capital. You just you just you just provide margin for that stock. Um, but I was doing on Nasdaq one hundred, which is like the tech ETF because tech was booming. So I actually I was down by like one point five k in a day. But then obviously I just looked at the strategy. Um, hedged my positions, and just um, I I closed some positions. So I don't because what happens is you have to put margin in. So the more you lose, the more margin you have to put in, and i, I have to pay more margin losing my money and what happens is once you run out of margin you close your position at a loss so i closed some positions myself just to manage my margin and then open some new positions when it was down so when it we went back up i actually made overall 2.5k after like i think it took like two months to make that back um but it was just like you're not trading every day it's just you just i just have my like limits that stop loss and take profit and yeah it worked um, so i didn't take profit that's not a problem i, I I didn't want one problem with investors, you never know when to take profit. You can't time the market. I didn't take my profits. Um so then what happened is the market drops again in three weeks ago, I think, or a couple of months ago. So I actually, nw up losing overall three grand. Yeah,
0: I feel like you've you've gone through a lot. I feel like you're a very um, seasoned, even at your young age. You're a very seasoned investor. You've you've tried it all basically, and and that's actually a relatively good thing that you've had quite a bit of experience, so you know what works for you. But what is your overall goal? So what's your end goal? So I know you um you now try to focus on um the end game. So what is the end game for you? What do you Make all these investments for. So, is it like your pension? Do you hope to retire on this money? Is it so you can buy property? Like, what what is your goal?
1: For me, it's just it's just excess money in terms of after my expenses and income. I just put it into like I said, funds and ETFs, just because bank interest rates are not great and it's long term. I don't think I'm I'm not really investing for a reason. I'm not really. I'm, I don't think I'm not investing for a house or we're doing all holiday or anything or pension or retirement because I, I have a pension which is provided by my company. Um, it's just—it's actually just excess income, and I'm putting it into something that will provide me a higher return than inflation. Basically, um, in essence, I'm not investing like money I'm going to need in the future. I'm investing excess income, um, based on my expenses and my take home. So, um, yeah.
3: So, so I guess like, I'm I'm going to ask a killer question, man, because it's like I've heard so many different like figures and everything. So, like. If you if you look at your investment portfolio at the moment, what's the size of your portfolio?
1: <laughs> does this include alternate investments as well, or does it just? Do you mean like um, traded securities or should, everything like, everything, e- e- everything everything? I would say around maybe seventy k. And monthly, I put in around I'll say maybe like one point five k every month.
3: that's really 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 for someone who's like had investment losses i'm I'm sorry how do you i'm 25
0: and you're able to spare 1.5k every month do you mind if we ask this is entirely up to you if you want to answer how much you earn because i know you've got a good job how much (laughs) do you earn a year
1: i won't give you the exact number but i'll say it's um close to six figures
0: and this is from your day job your, your accountant job right yeah wow not bad at all (laughs) at the age of 25. So that just goes to show that, you know, because you earn quite a lot, that's why you're able to, you know, you, you have the ability to be able to spend and invest because, you know, all investment, you know, there's always a risk that you're, um, you can, you can lose your money. So you have that ability and flexibility to be able to spend and invest in different things. So just, for people listening, just bear that in mind.
1: Yeah, of course. And like when people when people ask me about investing as well, I do I did tell them um, obviously different. Your situation is different to mine in terms of investment advice. It should be tailored to the person. Um, how much I'm ready to like risk it shouldn't be how much you're ready to risk as well. Um, just because it's a different situation. Like I said, I'm 25. Um, I really apart from um the mortgage stress split with my sister because we went half on the house. Um. I really don't have any much expenses in a sense apart from obviously um transport, which I'm at home, tithes, um car, apart from that I'm literally just yeah, having expenses. And I, I don't I'm I'm not into designers, I'm not into like flashy stuff, so um not that there's anything wrong in that, it's just not me. Um so um yeah, it's just a lot of excess income, I guess.
3: No, everyone needs to be more like uh like Bob, man. Because because I think I think it's like it can go the other way, because you can be earning that amount of money, and you some people some people some people don't invest.
1: One one thing I did is the same expense I had when I was earning twenty five k same expense I have now. I've not increased it based on my income.
3: Yeah. yeah, that's
0: that's a great way to live. So just to close, so. Um, for the people that are listening, if they're seeing um, trading platforms online or Forex, you know, trading and people asking them to join near this, join near that, what advice would you give to them As and what do you need to look out for? What, how can you tell that something is dodgy?
1: Yeah, I think ask questions. I think there's a there's a lot of calls on the government for more regulations and there has been. So like on the FCA website, I think there's um there's like companies in which they have advised people not to work with as well. I think that's one thing you should definitely check. Um I think just Google search, just type in the company's name and just maybe just type in scam after it and see what comes up. There should be a lot of feedback on that. Um I think one just just ask questions even to yourself, like for example, if this person is making millions. Why does he want me to join his trading team? Do you go? Know I mean, I don't see Warren Buffett telling anyone to join his trading team. Um, because if you're making money, you don't need like you don't need other people, in essence, to you don't need other people's money to make money if you already have money. You could just get like a bank loan or get financing if you're really good at what you're doing. Um, I think so That's a that's that's a question to you ask yourself. Um research also risk assessment in yourself and like if you actually want to do it. Make sure it's not something that's going to hurt you. You're not living on indomie like I did at university for like mom. So you're not borrowing money from other people. Make sure it's money you can afford to, to lose. Basically, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. So like, like stuff that are not in my, um, like CFD, that was money I was, I was prepared to lose in essence. That's money I saved from not like, traveling to work and not going out for dinner. So I was ready to lose it. And as you saw that it's a small part of my portfolio. So I was able to like recover from it. Not recover, but like it's just like life goes on. But, um, yeah, I think. Risk assessment is, is key in investing. And if it's that easy to make money, then, do you know what I mean? Everyone will be rich. So just be careful about get-rich schemes. Yeah.
0: So also interesting hearing his story because, like I was saying, you never really hear the other side of things when things go wrong or when people have got into scams. You only ever hear it when, you know, you see them on Instagram trying to flash your Rolex and, oh, join me in my Forex trading. You never hear the other side. So... I'm so glad that he was open and honest and able to share his story. He's learned from it and, you know, he's progressed, etc. So that was a really, really great story. I learned so much. But now back to us, our talking points. So, of course, we ask a few questions and we all hear our separate opinions on these particular topics. So let me just go straight into it. So, guys, have you ever made a significant and risky financial choice based on information that you've had on the internet
2: okay okay so um I'm like an, quite an avid um, stock market investor so I'm in quite a few um group chats um <laughs> and like there's one group chat I'm in that literally has thousands of people in it it's so easy to get like blindsided by FOMO so FOMO it, that's the fear of missing out. So I remember there was one time, right? Um, one dude must have put in like the group chat that he's investing in, like in this particular stock, and then he said, "Oh, I'm I'm withdrawing my pension. I'm going to put my whole pension into this stock." And I was thinking, "Wow, he must really believe <laughs> in the stock market." I mean, in the stock, and then those and then those other people saying, "Yeah, yeah, I'm going to invest in it too. I'm going to invest in it too," and so. Sometimes I get like, you know, persuaded by FOMO and I, I do make some investments, but that particular one, oh, I just had to stop myself and say, do you even understand this company? Like, do you even know what they're talking about? Do you trust this company? You know, is this company? So one of the things that I try and do is, is that if like I'm going to invest in something, I always ask myself, is, is this company going to re- revolutionize the world? Is this is this company going to be around in five, 10, 15 years time? And if this company was to stop trading, will it will it like be the end of the world type of thing? Right. For example, if Google was to shut down, all of a sudden that would literally be like, I don't know what I'll do, you know. And so I guess it's one of those things where I just like, oh, no, this company doesn't fit in that profile. I'm not going to invest. But imagine there's like 100 people saying they're going to invest in it. And then everyone's saying, yeah, I'm putting 2,000, yeah, I'm putting 10,000, I'm putting my pension in. It's so easy just to jump on the wave. And it's so funny because I'm telling you, literally, a couple of weeks later, the company tanked. But based on like what other people have said, I have made some like good investments as well. There's a few.
0: Go about you either because you got a good story. I know your story.
3: So, <laughs> this is going to sound so bad. <laughs> but like, um, it just shows anybody can be influenced, uh, I, I guess. But, I I saw on someone's Instagram page um, that they were making lots of money from eBay selling, uh, and one of my friends is making money from eBay selling. One of my good friends is making money from eBay selling as well. I said, you know what? Let me let me try this thing. So I joined a um, a Discord group. It was uh, seventy pounds or whatever. Um, I'm not saying what they're they're doing is illegitimate. They're making good money, but I just couldn't be asked i didn't make one ebay sell and that's not because and that's not because they'll do anything dodgy but it's like i just wasn't passionate or interested about it and for me the way my mind work is about is about time and effort i don't just think about risk and reward i put time and effort like based on what i'm doing outside of work based on other commitments can i actually commit to doing this thing long term regardless of how much money it's making um so i guess that's when I've been swayed by what I've seen on the internet, because, like, they were making, like, the, the top head hunter of the group chat, it was making some serious, because you were selling, like, hot tubs and stuff like that. By yeah, the way,
2: I... I got into this as well. I, I, I did sell some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I did sell some stuff on eBay, but...
3: So what made you stop?
2: Oh, it's the effort, Do you know? Because, like, on social media, like, they make it seem so easy. Like, um, if you're working from home, you can get them to... to deliver the products um to your house and then also the, the um the postal companies can also pick up the products from your house to post. Obviously the part where I failed was I'm not even working from home in the first place.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I and plus I don't drive so where was I gonna buy the products from anyway? So it's just that like not doing your research, not really thinking about like um does this fit into your lifestyle? Like like for example I must have bought some coffee machines okay I I eventually sold the coffee machines but those coffee machines sat there for like months right and I literally just broke even after I paid for postage and fees and all that stuff so I think it's so important whatever the venture is even if something somebody makes it look easy do your research and figure out like does this even fit into your lifestyle can you make it work are you passionate about it
0: for me I'm very very risk averse in quite a few areas of my life so I think it seems like for most of us the answer to this question is no but I haven't personally but for some reason a lot of people have tried to recruit me over the years like I'm always being <laughs> approached but I had a I had a friend um he used to always put up this forex trading um those stock signals and things like that, those charts on his whatsapp um And I remember there was a time that I spoke to him about it, mainly because I wanted to talk to it, talk about it on our platform. um But I guess he thought I was interested. in like every so often, he'll be messaging me, sending me voice notes, saying, "Oh Eve, do you want to get involved? Oh my gosh, look how much money I made, etc." I'm thinking I'm not interested. Like I know, like obviously, if you're making so much money, you wouldn't be coming to me every five seconds trying to recruit me because the amount of money that you'd be making would be enough. What, what's my? What have I got to do with it? And then you will see him in like these big assemblies with loads of like hundreds and hundreds of people all of them like cheering with their suits talking about forex trading but anyway so of course I wasn't interested and then a couple of I think maybe a year later I heard that he was arrested for fraud so (laughs) and now he's in jail for something slightly unrelated but you know I guess it kind of tells you a bit about the type of things that he would get into but so the next question what do you guys think drives people to make these risks so why are people signing up to forex trading and then like putting four thousand pounds of their income into these companies what do you think is is the root cause behind that
2: to be honest i think it's like twofold obviously you know they're saying the bigger the risk the bigger the potential return But also i actually want to say again even though i blame social media it's social media i feel like social media has like really ingrained this habit of instant gratification that we want to make money now and we want to make it quickly and we want to make money without with the least amount of effort so i think that's why people take these risks that's what i think
0: and i feel like investing has become a bit of like a hot term recently so people are just trying to get into it because they're hearing that it's a good way to make money but they're just not um, aware of the risks that come along with it at the same time.
3: I just think it just depends on your your mental state. Um, because I guess just to kind of, like, to give a disclaimer, when I did approach that eBay selling, at the time I was out of work and I was very reliant on, like, little savings. So I was actually thinking, okay, like, how can I make quick money? I wasn't in the time in, the, in my full-time paying role. So I do kind of think it's like, are you happy with where you are in your life at that particular point in time. Cause I think everyone is searching for freedom and happiness mm-hmm. and that freedom and happiness can in a way be accelerated by if you make a quick win, you can stop whatever it is that you're doing. So you can just be free. So I do think there's an element of that that does drive people to want to take those risks. Like you cause it, really and truly, if you're happy and you're content, um, no, no amount of a certain amount of money is going to kind of enhance that happiness if you're already quite happy um, so I, I think that's my a different perspective that it's down to like how do you feel what gives you happiness um, because yeah if you're not happy like maybe you hate your job you are more likely to want to take a, a few more risks and, and want to invest a bit more so you can leave your job and do something else that you really want to do So I think the the thing to to round up on is how can people spot their own overconfidence? Because I think confidence and your mindset goes a long way as to the type of approach you take when it comes to investing. So these are just a few tips you can do to spot your own overconfidence. So ask yourself, how long have you thought about the decision you're making? Have you been exposed to the topic uh, recently? Does the information you have that's making you to make that investment decision, is that making you overconfident? Are you doing research? And in doing your research, you'll be getting different uh, opposing viewpoints and that will allow you to kind of scrutinize what it is before you invest in it. And I think the, the most basic thing you can do is ask questions. It's not just about, okay, what did you invest in? Why did you invest in it? And it's by asking someone why they invested in someone, you then be be able to pick apart the holes. But yeah, I just hope that kind of helps people in kind of taking a more um, mindful approach to investing. But yeah, it's been another interesting episode of the Real Money Stories podcast. Uh, Signing out, guys. Bye. Bye.
0: (laughs) Bye. You've just listened to an episode of Your Real Money Stories, an original podcast brought to you in association with Zopa.
1: Who
3: provide great value financial products and tools to make managing your money a lot easier.
0: So make sure you
2: subscribe and share with your friends who you think might have related to this episode.
0: For more information and resources around the themes discussed in this episode, head over to zopa.com forward
2: slash podcast.
3: And of course, if you want to be in the next episode, make sure you slide into our DMs on Instagram at moneymedics.